Hey everyone, welcome back to the Otter Culture Podcast. Uh, this is the number four episode in our Movember campaign and we're joined with the very spiritual, kind-hearted and aspiring man that is Ash Suberry. Dan, what do we talk about? We are very much joined by Ash. Um, it's a really holistic, spiritual podcast. One that I've really enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed them all. Um, but yeah, it's nice. We speak about Ash's kind of journey. He lived in Kuwait for was it seven years? Yeah. Seven years he lived in Kuwait, being a DJ over there. Um, and he went from the highs of being a DJ in Kuwait, coming back to London and having some episodes over in London that didn't really serve him too well. And then we kind of talk about his journey whilst in London to a better place where he is today. Mm-hmm. It's and a great episode. It is. And he's, he, he spoke about some very, very interesting books, which I'm sure we'll check out, mm. along with some spiritual meditation. But it's definitely worth a listen. It is. Um yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, then let us know. Yes. <laughs> Have a great day. Ash Suberry. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We've obviously had a podcast before. I guess that was two formats or iterations of the podcast ago. You were one of the OG guests. Oh, I think I was. On the Otter Stories podcast. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was called? Yeah. Back in the day. And, and it's now the... Hashtag Otter Culture Podcast. This, this, the podcast status of what it is now is is all about our company and our people. Back mm. then, it was just Ben and I interviewing different people because it was only Ben and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I now the really. team's grown, so yeah. yeah. And a, we're at desk. Yeah, there's a culture to show now, I suppose, instead of just what me and Dan get up to on a daily basis, which is a bit nicer. Yeah, very nice. Um, but I guess Ash, give us a give us a brief lay down who you are, what you do, and then I guess we'll jump into what you used to do. Yeah, sure. Um, for those listening, uh, my name's Ash Zaberi. I am the director of a company called Easy Living Property, and I'm the founder of the group, the HMO Group, which is the largest uh, HMO group on Facebook at the moment. Mm-hmm. And basically what I do is all property-related. It's property investment. And uh, we specialize in the HMO market, which is houses of multiple occupancy. Been doing that for about 15 years or so. And... Uh, that's it. That's what I do. Sweet. And uh, I know for a, for a while you were into the music scene. A, D- I was. a DJ. I was indeed. Uh, tell us about tell us about that and how you got into it and then where it took you. <laughs> okay, so it happened by accident. I was always DJing um, when I was younger. I loved music mm-hmm. from a very young age. So you know, um, a bit like Dan, reggae and soul were always there in the background growing up as a youngster and uh, as I grew older and older you know my fascination with vinyl and and mixing the music got more and more and I was always surrounded by it as well you know I had cousins who had 12 10 turntables and everything and you know they were DJing and stuff like that so I was always sort of it was always hanging around me you know Mm. so the passion for it grew and grew and grew and then I did a couple of parties here in the UK and then that sort of fizzled out and I got a job in Kuwait, uh, which is in the Middle East. If no one, if anybody knows, you must know because of the war and everything. But I was there before the war. And somebody there, this is a very long story cut short. Somebody there heard that I was a DJ, asked me to do their birthday party. And I literally did it with two cassette decks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, how, that's how intense it was back in the day. And uh, off the back of that, I got uh, recommended to other places and et cetera, et cetera. More and more people were like, come on, you need to do our party. We heard about that one. Mm-hmm. 
and then I got my own decks and, you know, progression, progression and, uh, or progress. And then a girl, uh, heard that I was, you know, doing quite well. And she said, can you do my birthday? And I said, yes. And it turned out that that girl was the director of the only English radio station in Kuwait. So, you know, that that's a big thing out there. It was, you know, the Ministry of Communication was where I was working now and I'd have to go there. And basically I ran a night on Friday, Saturday nights, which wasn't even done before. You know, all the DJs there left by four o'clock in the afternoon. Really? Yeah, there was no shows after that. It was all automated. So I was rocking up at the studio at like seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock in the evening and going on till one, two o'clock, <laughs> you know, and bashing out house and garage and drum and bass. And obviously that blew the lid off the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I started doing more parties and uh, I was, uh, you know, exposed to a scene that not a lot of people get to see unless you live out there and, yeah. you, and you know the right people. Um, and fortunately, you know, I got to do some serious parties um, and meet some lovely, lovely people. It's such a beautiful vibe out there uh, that a lot of people don't get to see because obviously like Kuwait you don't think parties no. you know that's not the first thing that comes to my mind when I think Kuwait so how did like when you obviously you started doing these evening shows on Fridays and Saturdays because um, I think this will help with the story what how did that transpire into the parties you got invi invited to was it just you, you almost became like a, a VIP within music would you say no it, it was a slow progression so imagine my first party is this guy I know when I'm using cassette decks mm. and then that slowly progressed to other birthday parties which then went to proms mm. you know in the in the Middle East they follow the American culture quite a bit in certain aspects you know even in the English schools will have a prom and then you have the American schools and the French schools so all these schools would have their you know sort of end of year uh, you're finishing your GCSEs or O levels group would have their prom and then they'd have their after party. Yeah. And these kids would also have their own private parties to call their friends over. So then I started doing loads of these, loads of these. And then you've realized that they have parents <laughs> <laughs> and their parents are like, well, hold on, I want to do a party for my age group. And then that builds up. And then you're doing all these after, you know, crazy parties for different kinds of people. Yeah. And uh, then that led to, you know, doing certain parties for some quite influential people. And it just went from that, you know, and then I remember distinctly one party where, you know, we were given coordinates in the, in the middle of the desert. I think I've told you this one before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember driving up and it's literally in the middle of the desert and they've got this huge tent and you can see all the headlights going into the desert. And, you know, there's like three, 400 people and they had literally built an Irish bar. You know, that's what it reminded me of because they had the old barrels there. They had the things there. And I'm like, I'm standing there and we're in the middle of the desert. Mm. I've driven like an hour and a half to get here. So how did they set this all up? Yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Was there a genre of music that hit off over there more than any other? And was there genres of music that they just didn't, they weren't into? Because uh, cause this is the beautiful thing about music, right? Is mm, you can go to like mm. a completely different country and sure. you can still drop garage, sure, sure, sure. Uh, techno, whatever, yeah, and there's yeah. still a community that loves it. Yeah, absolutely. Were well, you were surprised by that? Um, I, I, a little bit, because I'd been going there over the years, uh, ever since as a kid, you could see what they were playing. Mm. And it was kind of following our, you know, music culture where we, we were like heavily on R&B and, and hip hop with the American uh, influence and don't get me wrong there's probably people there that liked heavy metal and all that so musically they're they're pretty good right um but they did follow the american culture more 
Um, however, there's a good contingent of people, like I told you, that the English schools are there and people educated come over here and they have their parents here. So they're coming over here every year. So Garage and Drum and Bass and all, all the house music was influential as well. Mm. What wasn't happening at the time was the house music and the and the garage and the drum and bass wasn't being played as much. And that's when I stepped in and, and did a takeover, basically, because the R&B and the hip hop was being taken care of during the day constantly um and that was that was the hitting point they were like this guy you know he's he's not just playing that he's he's also you know dropping his genres yeah. yeah i remember dropping prodigy um which song uh not uh, what was it called again firestar yes firestar sorry yeah. on um on new year's eve at a new year's eve party and they'd not heard it before they'd heard it but no one would you know you, i don't think i'd heard a dj ever in that country pick that song for the 12 o'clock yeah yeah, drop. yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah uh and i did and they went nuts <laughs> you know absolutely there's a picture that i have of you know just people going absolutely crazy obviously we didn't have phones to take pictures yeah. of a video and all that so this was just a random shot and you can see them just and i magic. remember yeah it was magic it was a magical moment and you're in the middle of the desert right and uh you're entertaining all these different cultures and people and they're and the song, right? Prodigy of all people. Yeah. <laughs> you must have such like a, a nice nostalgia when you hear that song now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do. When, um, what's his name, passed away? The Keith. Uh, yeah, Keith. Yeah. You know, that was the, the thing I put out there was, you know, he reached in those places, you know, he and, and everyone knows where he's they, they've reached as a, as a group and everything. Yeah. But that night was special. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess you don't really realise or not as how far it, your songs can get played, like, desert raves and stuff um so how long how long in Kuwait how long were you out there doing that for it was a couple of years wasn't it yeah um I think the peak of that was from 97 to 2005 wow okay so good eight years strong then yeah and um what and then you obviously you came back to the UK mm-hmm. what what made you come back if you, obviously it sounds like you're living the life living the life right yeah I was I was living the life um and something happened that abruptly stopped that situation I think I was living in a little bit of a bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't returned to the UK at all. I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't gone to anywhere. And I'd come to Amsterdam and, and Europe, but I hadn't visited home. Mm. I made Kuwait my whole life basically, and it was really intense. And um, you know, something happened, which I don't want to go into too much today. Maybe another time. Mm-hmm. But it it uh, it made me come. It forced me back here. And when I came back here, that's when everything you know changed and i was like oh my god where have i been for the last few years i've been in this you know bubble doing my thing and the whole world is completely different yeah such yeah. a culture change I bet. oh massive massive you know you when you don't come home for that amount of time you know everything was different i'd mm. missed so much you know um and i'd been completely absorbed by the desert basically <laughs> <laughs> so so coming back then day one in the UK yeah where were you mentally would you say um that's the the funny thing I didn't know mm. right it went you know we're doing this thing about mental health and I didn't know I just came back I I remember having thoughts of oh shit if I go back I don't know how I'll be but it was like a side thought you know it didn't overtake me um and then when I got back, and uh, in in the couple of days, you know that I I was back. In fact, a few more, probably about a week or two. 
then things started to you know unravel and 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 then i realized there was there was an issue mm. and what when you say unravel what do you mean um so you know normal things you know you're not thinking straight your behavior isn't on point you know where you were a few months ago throwing parties with you know hundreds of people dancing and now you're in this house in the middle of london and you, you walk in the streets and you're like what am i doing here you know what is the meaning of life all these things start to rotate around your your uh, mind like lost purpose almost yeah to completely and then you you know it's crazy it's crazy but i think um you know i think you're we're getting to that point where we're going to open this box up i think there's a anyone with mental i love the first thing i want to say outright is my story is 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 very weak compared to others mm -hmm. right there are a lot of guys and girls out there suffering from mental health that have had their history is crazy right and that's the thing i think there's there's episodes that people have in their life which uh, you know build up to a point where everything explodes and that's what happened with me you know uh, we had the first gulf war uh, when i was there and then you you go through all of that then you see people die and then you don't realize you know you people that you've gone to school with and everything you don't know whether they're alive or dead and um that has an effect right you mm -hmm. know these are your school buddies people you been grown up and suddenly next minute you know that you're in a war and nobody knows if they're going to live or die right and then the second time you have another gulf war and you're actually there and the bombs are going <laughs> over your head um and uh you know, and then all the other factors in life that you go through, you know, um, relationships, parent issues and all that. I think it's a build up. And then there's a there's a point where, you know, and it, something happens and it triggers. And I think that trip back for me, you know, being in this bubble where I had closed off all these thoughts and um, not really listened to what I was feeling um and just living this amazing life <laughs> djing um uh you know it had an impact you know that 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 opened the pandora's box and then i was um you know in a in a place where i was walking the streets basically uh, i remember i was with my sister and she uh, i said to her look i'm gonna go out uh, get a magazine or some chocolate or something and I remember going down to the high street and I walked to the sweet shop went in didn't know why I was there walked out crossed the road went back towards my sister crossed the road went back to the sweet shop crossed the road and I did that three or four times and on the third or fourth time where I'm going back I'm like what the fuck is going on here yeah you know what I've just gone round in a circle this ain't <laughs> <laughs> you know, bing bing yeah and uh i quickly went back to my sister and i said listen man you know i've just walked around in a circle on the street that's something's wrong something is not right that's not me and luckily fortunately you know my sister's always been on my side and and she has medical background and stuff and you know straight away she said you need to you know seek some medical help and and that's what i did you know the nhs let me tell you they are for all the flack they get um when you really need them they're there they're there yeah you know and they just they put me through the system um it's a great system 
um, you know, they assessed me. They found that I had uh, PTSD, which is wow, okay, post stress traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, yeah. Which I it was like, hold on, don't soldiers get that? What are you talking mm. about? How can mm. I have that? And it's all these weird things, right? But they they diagnosed it and they tell me, well, no, you know, you can have very intense incidents in your life that can make you feel that way. And I think anyone who's listening out there, right, that the it's easy for me to say and. Uh, you know i guess life experiences and the people you're around it, it's so important that you you realize that you have an issue mm. and that once you do and you accept it you actually go out and do something about it yeah right it's so important um i was lucky like i said and i didn't realize this until i got to group therapy so this is why i started with i might be you know irrelevant in the story but um you know, like I said, the NHS put me through the process. I got to see the doctors and they assessed me and told me about this PTSD and how it's going to be treated and blah, blah, blah. And I went through all the therapy. You know, this was like a, a year of uh, therapy and assessments and back and forth and everything. And, and then it ended in group therapy. And I remember that group therapy. I sat in this room with six other people. And let me tell you, you know, they had issues that were just not even close to mine. You know, these people were scarred heavily. You know, you're talking about abuse and all kinds of things. And I realized then, you know, I listened to all of them and I, I stayed as my, I think it was a six week program. And by the third week, I remember going in there and saying, thank you very much to all of them. You've helped me all a lot. I gave them all a copy of The Secret and I said, that's it. I'm done. And I left and I remember the doctor saying, no, you need to finish. And I said, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. Only because I realized my position mm. within that group, which, which then amplified like a million times. Right. Cause then you realize, okay, you're, you're tiny in this mess of mental health that's out there. Um, so did it, the, the acknowledgement of what other people had gone through had almost, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word cured, but it helped you understand or. Yeah. Yeah, really. make logic of it, I suppose. Totally, totally. Because like, you had people there, you know, and let's not forget, let's, let's, if you looked at the table, you had somebody who was over the, over 60, you had a teenager, you had a, two girls, you had women, mothers, right? Mm. And, you know, hearing their story and their background and what they're going through, you know, puts you into place. Right? So, so was it almost, it made you feel that your mind had made the problem worse than it was and hearing those stories had made you think, Actually, it's not so bad. Is that? I, I don't, I think it was a progress. Right. Right. Don't forget all the treatments. And I had been seeing a doctor one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and in this all escalate. Once you pass all these places, you get to that group therapy. You know, it, it wasn't a long time. It takes time, whatever, you know, six weeks or whatever they until I remember it going on for a, a whole year, let's say, you know, my whole issue. Um, and then waiting for dates to get seen and blah, 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 and then going back and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, you know, it was a whole situation where you realized, okay, I'm reading, right? You know, I got, got to say thank you to a friend of mine called Ben Harrington, uh, who gave me The Secret and um, a few other books, Conversations with God, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't, is, you know, sounds a bit weird, but do read it if you can. 
Um, and definitely read The Secret. That's the Law of Attraction book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. right, yeah. But it's not just that. I mean, if you're if you're in a mental health situation and you read that book, you know, it does things for you. Yeah, yeah it does. Things. It changes your mindset about completely, thinking. completely. You know, and conversations with God as well. I mean, that's a crazy, crazy book, which mm. um, I recommend to anyone. And it, it, the title is not as crazy as it sounds. It's not all about you know. Yeah. Um, and these books, you're reading these books and then you're having these assessments and you're moving around and, you you, you know, you, you, your mental strength starts to come back. Mm. Your confidence comes back. Your understanding of why you're here uh, and what your purpose is sort of comes back as well, right? And that was uh, – and then you that accumulates with that, you know, session. You sit there and you're like, oh, my God, you know, I am nowhere near these guys. I've, yeah. I've, I think I've – um i've improved yeah you've built on it yeah i've built and these guys are still somewhere where they need to they need these sessions they need more time etc mm-hmm. etc et so you know all i could do was say thank you and give them those books because it helped me and when you um when you got the diagnosis of ptsd mm. did you find relief in that knowing that there was something you had a name to put to, to the feeling yeah massive huge like you know Walking around a street in a circle, yeah, you know, and playing in front of hundreds of people as a DJ, and then not knowing why you've just walked in a circle <laughs> is it fucks with your brain, yeah, I bet. You, know, you know. And you, you know, I went to my sister, and I, I remember that day going, "Listen, I don't know what I'm doing," you know. And then everything collapses around you, your confidence, yeah, um, you know, what you want to do in life, why am I here? You know, it's like a little mini. Um, what is it, a midlife crisis or, Mm. you know, what they call a breakdown or, you know, all that stuff, all that I was feeling. This is all that I was feeling. And then I remember when they told me, I was like, wow. And I remember what she said, uh, the doctor, they said, you know, you've got all these memories. Consider them like um, bed sheets. Every memory that you have, good or bad. And what you've done is just thrown them into the cabinet. Mm. And they're all messed up. And these triggers are just throwing them in, around and making you confused. And what we're going to do is take every sheet out one by one, open it up, fold it back up and put it back into the closet. And, That's you know, nice. when yeah, when you hear these things, you know, and she's relating that to good and bad memories. And, you know, these are all, there are little triggers. And that's why I said it's not just one little thing. You know, whatever happened to me in Kuwait that made me come back, you know, by the time I'd finished with these doctors, there were the whole issues around parents and relationships and how I was, you know, as a young child, you had issues and stuff like that. And then, you know, you start to put those back together. You you confront them, you know, you talk about them, put them back to you and then you say, right, I'm done. You know, I've addressed that issue. That's such a nice analogy of taking taking because that's what your mind feels like mm. in those moments it's mm. just well fucked really yeah, basically. and the idea of someone be able to say look it's shit now mm. but we are gonna almost organ reorganize your mind again mm-hmm. that's that's brilliant it was yeah exactly yeah. That, there's closure in that alone massive and that's why i said you know it's it's easy for for someone to say uh once you recognize the problem and you have one and you admit it then the when these people start telling you right you're suffering from this and then I can talk into you, your, your, your memories are messed up like bedsheets. Mm. You know, we're going to put them back. This is all relief. Mm. You know, it adds confidence. It, it's that you start to build up uh, your recovery. Um, and again, anyone listening out there, if you're in a bad way, you know, 
it takes time it's hard work it wasn't easy you know i think i i needed 2 3 years you know and there were highs and lows in that time you know i wasn't getting therapy every day you know and in the middle i'd do all kinds of silly things and get drunk do drugs go out trying to relive get that high it didn't mm. work you know what i mean and then you 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 get back to some normality but it's it's very powerful once you realize that you have an issue and they and they start to diagnose it and and you know help you to recover did you did you find i guess it's more of a question for how it's been since but and you don't have to go into the specifics of what mm. these bed sheets were but did did you manage to p- take them out and fold all of them and put them back or were there some ones that you just you couldn't or is it do you feel like the wardrobe's neatly organized now for you or i think it is nothing's ever perfect yeah. right we will face more difficulties down the line we all do right there's good days and bad days but that episode there that's done mm right that that moment in time which you want to call a midlife crisis or a complete breakdown in mental health and a collapse to the point where you know a guy's walking around the street in circles you know you see people like that they're lost um and they do all kinds of silly things right they can get themselves into all kinds of trouble and i could have gone that way yeah if i didn't have the support or the guidance uh, or people helping me um and in those days, I don't remember anyone talking about men's and mental health. No. Right? No. There was no podcasts. There was yeah. no, no one growing moustaches and beards <laughs> and saying, hey, you know, listen to the men. We got issues. Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate. And there's a lot of people out there that not, weren't. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I guess the, the, the nice thing is the NHS gave you the tools to fold them, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, now that's yeah. why. And I think that's why it's, it's so horrible to go into it for the first time. It's because all you have is this messy wardrobe. Well, you don't even have the analogy, which is the worst bit, mm. and you don't know what to do. Mm. You know, and it's mm. like that's that makes it ten times worse is the unknown of it. Yeah, absolutely. During during that period as well, you said you had the secret, the book, which is the secret. You had your sister. Were there any other kind of really significant pillars that kind of helped you or supported you among among that time? And how important were those things? Yeah, I think um, all my family. Yeah. Um, friends that I had, like I mentioned, Ben, you know, this is a guy I met in a record shop after I'd come back and we just got talking. Um, and through that, you know, bless him. And he was, you know, 10, 10, 20 years younger than me or 15 years younger than me. And this guy's telling me, you know, you should read this book. And he, you know, he, under, he heard, he didn't know everything, but he, you know, I, I fill him in on a couple of things. Mm. And then he'd passed me this this book. And, you know, I had other people around me that time as well, like my sister and other cousins and stuff who would advise and give me support. And every little bit helped, you know. I remember going clubbing, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't as great as it was, but it, I guess that helped a little bit in the progression. I remember going into the park, riding um, my bike on a really hot day, um, not working on the doll, um, in in this recovery period waiting for my um you know next appointment and reading the secret you know in the middle of the park i'd I'd never forget that can we talk let's talk about the secret as well Mm. because i think it's a book that we've all i think you've i've read read it yeah Mm. i think i've read it and um so your experience with it so it was a book that you got handed you know in a record shop you didn't know much about it Mm. and then what was your kind of journey from there what do you what were the feelings and the thoughts from that yeah so when when you start reading it and it starts telling you that if you think about anything in your mind and then that becomes a reality and your mindset is not, I want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need to get healthy. I need to fucking recover. 
you know, I want to be a good human being again. I want to love again. I want other people to love me. I want to be kind. You know, you'd make all these lists of things that you've never done before. All right. And you, that's the kind of effect it had, you know, and then you, when you do that and you write these things, because one of the exercises in that was to, you know, sort of be write the things that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. you know, and you start just being alive, having parents, you know, being able to wake up in the morning and, and eat the, all these little tiny things that suddenly matter so much. Um, that's the kind of effect that book had, you know, and don't forget, you, none of us was exposed to this before. Mm. No one had written a book like this, you know, or maybe they had, but we, I didn't know. I wasn't around that kind of stuff. In a way that's so easy to congest as well. Yes. Yes. It was so basically written um, and, and you could just read it straightforward and take it all in. And, and that book, uh, along with the others that I mentioned, had a huge effect, you know, and they, they made me do these exercises. And the exercises are not just what you're writing down, but that while you're reading them, your mindset is is triggering and and going oh my god and i remember there was one exercise which everyone tries to do is the parking spot i don't know if yeah, you yes. read the book yeah. if you really think about it you know you, you'll get the parking spot that you want in a yes. in a shopping center or whatever yeah. loads of times you know literally and call it you know you can call it whatever you like right yeah. but there were moments where i was literally trying to do that and it happened yeah yeah you know and i got the parking spot and you'd you'd be like holy shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my god this cannot be real <laughs> you know yeah. if i do this with money then and if, if i do that with my health will it happen and i can tell you over it you know there is no magic formula, right? This is what the brain can't understand and none of us can accept is that if we say I want a million pounds or I want a successful business, it's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Right. But I was here in 2005 and I went through that 2006 and 2008 and all those things I thought about, you know, I want to be healthier. I want to be, you know, I want to make my life here, recover. I want to have a relationship. It's now 2022. And I can tell you, my brothers, (laughs) Half of those things have come to fruition, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they're reality. And it, it's crazy how that universal thing works. And that came from that book. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Oh, it's something that I, like, I'm always trying to... Dan spearheads that kind of mentality here. Yeah. The PMA mentality, positive yeah. mental attitude. Yeah. Felt like, I'm like, oh, I'm not... I feel a bit... You know, like, I get this a lot and I always like, give these guys shit about it. But like... <laughs> like oh, i feel like i've got a bit of a cold coming on yeah. like just by having that mentality for me yeah. it's like you're in the wrong place yeah totally i feel like i've got a bit of a cold coming on. i don't know if i'm yeah. very well i'm like i'm fucking fine yeah. like i've not got a cold coming on. i've just got a bit of a sniff but it's fine i'll be over it tomorrow yeah. and yeah. by having that bit of a mental positive mental attitude on something like that yeah. will kind of drive you forward which is a bit different to the book but yeah. For me, like just having that is it's the same premise, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It's just really yeah. ironic when Dan um, Dan got COVID, <laughs> <laughs> and bless him, he was really ill. Yeah. And I was like, PMA, mate, you know, just think, you know, think your way positively out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, dis- I dislocated my shoulder like six weeks ago. And ben was like, Oh, how's your PMA doing now? <laughs> whilst my shoulder is like hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can laugh, but that's the the great thing about it, right? Because uh, I think it's it's the truthful. And it only has to happen once. So you can sit there and go, yeah, I'm going to be better. And you guys can laugh about it. But there could be a moment when you're on your own or in bed or taking a dump and you think it once that I'm my shoulder's going to get better. And it's that thought. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get that clear, 
you know, thought. Because I can sit here and say, I want to be a millionaire every day. Yeah. Right? In my mind and everything. But it's, it's you know, this is what the book says, right? It's it's that one pure thought that you you think and that will go out into the universe and, mm-hmm. and make things better. It's a very hard thing to... Uh, What's the word I'm looking Exp- for? Not almost like explain or the the way I uh, un- interpreted it from the book was like it's not so much you know I want to be a millionaire right and mm. then I'm going to become a millionaire. It was more you know if I if I think this enough, it will influence my decision making enough mm. and influence my actions enough that exactly. eventually something like that will happen. Yeah, and yeah. I think that it, it's almost like look you know. I hate using the millionaire one because it's such a cliche, but let's, yeah, let's say, yeah. let's say, let's say, let's say healthy or yeah. married or yeah, married, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like getting married is step 100. Mm-hmm. Step one is thinking, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be married. Step two is thinking, what do I want in a partner? Step three is, you know, dating, you know, and it's like, the, it, it, step one is so important because it puts you on the journey. Mm-hmm. It's what, like what they say about business, like the hardest decision in business is just to start. Mm-hmm. And then once you're starting, you're running. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you can you can make all the bad decisions in the world, but you're doing something. Yeah, and it's that's kind of how I think about it. It's like as long as you understand what the goal is, or you're thinking about the goal, decisions will have some sort of indirect way of making themselves go that way. Yeah, absolutely, mm. totally, totally agree. I I think it's practice, right? The mm. more you practice it, the more you say it. Um, you know, I'll give you another example, which I know is clear. Um, I you know. I, I was having some really bad relationships, you know, being a DJ and in a nightclub is not the best place to get a girl that you want to end up settling down with. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to anyone. I'm sure that some people have had that, but I didn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't having that luck. I was having all kinds of issues. And I remember distinctly going off the whole dating scene and women because it was causing me so much stress and I was already in a bad place. Right. So imagine you got, all these issues mentally and now you're having issues relationship wise not a good mix right it can send you really over the overboard and it did in some relationships and i remember sitting there and going you know sending a, a, a message to the universe and saying you know please give me a wife with a kid you know whatever way that happens let it come true and uh you know i ended up with Ari and, and Caleb mm-hmm. and that wasn't planned well, mm. you know that came out of nowhere it's a very spooky story you know that wasn't no dating app that wasn't that was just things a whole load of elements and pieces moving together to put that into place almost by accident wasn't totally, it? totally totally yeah. you know and I'll always say that um and I used to tell my dad that you know he goes yeah you need to you know find a a more amazing woman and i said listen the universe gave me this woman yeah right i asked for it i asked for a wife and kid and this is what i got and um and that was quite a big episode in my life and conversations with god mm. what's the the premise on that because i haven't read that i don't think no. you've done yeah but be keen yeah be keen to learn about it um so i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you i can't remember but it was a great book which i do recommend you i think it was about um it's a story of where this guy is is having this trying to have this conversation or how it would go by uh if he was talking to god and it's an incredible book because it's all about mindset again it's kind of like the secret but totally different 
Okay. Um, and I, I do recommend it. You know, I'm sorry I didn't prep for that. Um, it's fine. But, you know, you can all look it up and mm. get a preview. Yeah. You know, definitely do it. Um, cause it. And I think there's two, three parts to it. Mm-hmm. You know, they the went on to another one, but the first one was enough for me. Yeah. You know, um, but it was part of that journey. And with your... Um, with the things in the secret about, I guess, not so much wishing for things, but speaking about things to the universe. Mm. Are there are there things that come into your head now that you're speaking for or, or putting out there that you hope come true? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like now it's practice. Yeah. So is yeah. it something you do like on an on a everyday 8 a.m. or is it just a lifestyle that you're doing it all the time throughout the day? So I've tried to do it um, in the mornings. You know, I try to wake up early and do a bit of meditation. Mm-hmm. And in that meditation, I'm doing stuff you know, in my mind about health and well-being and stuff like that. And then definitely at night as well. So before I go to sleep, I always put my headphones on, trying to get into this meditative state and repeat some things that I've got in my head for the day or, or, or that have happened or that I want to see in the future. And if you really think about it, um, over the years... Um, you know, you've sort of sat there and you've gone, yeah, I want health. Um, I want, you know, uh, to be able to travel or I want a good business or I want my mum to have better health or I want my sister to be successful or I want my wife to be um, in a uh, more successful position or I want my son to part. All these things, they accumulate into three things, right? And that is you want health, you want wealth and you want to be um healthy did i say that twice wealth health and healthy wealth health, happiness yes sorry happiness so three things you know health wealth and happiness and that's the kind of if i stay there you know first thing in the morning and say you know just these three things everything else falls into place what's a what's a good day on your books do you waking up what time are you waking up I want to know the Ashbury daily routine. <laughs> day in the life, yeah. yeah. Day in the life. So like the perfect day, like, you know, when you finish a day and you've like, it's been a good day. Okay. But where, for you, does that start from the minute you wake up? But like you, if you wake up in the right mood, you're doing a little bit of meditation. Is that? Yes, yes. The, What's that routine? So there's a lot of things. You know, technology has taken us, has given us a yeah. hit, right? Yeah. And I come from a place where, you know, you, when the phone rang, you didn't know who was you had to answer it yeah. to find out who it was, right? And now you've got all these other people, you know, all that you can see and it's crazy. You've got a watch with the guy's face on it. And, um, and so if you wake up in the morning, my ideal thing would be to wake up and not touch the phone. Yeah. Right. And get into this position where, and this is what I've done is I've, I've woken up uh, about five o'clock in the morning, put on some meditation and some m- mantras where I'm, saying that I'm healthy and I'm, you know, going to be a, a good person and I'm, you know, parents are going to be healthy and stuff like that. And I start um, stretching. The key to life, apart from mental health, is stretching, mm-hmm. right? That's the top tip. And so by 5.30, 5.45, I've, I've done my meditation. I've stretched my body out. I'm feeling relaxed and good. It's about six o'clock in the morning. I'll have a coffee. Black, yeah. black coffee? Um, you know, a bit of milk sometimes? Yeah, maybe a latte. <laughs> That's you know? important for you, that bit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to know the full Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, I used my, to do, I used tomorrow to... my day will be the Ashenberry day. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do black coffee. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I moved away from that now. I've, I'm a bit of a latte person. But that's okay. So I'll have that Yeah. about six o'clock. And then I'll, I'll listen to some 
uh, podcasts or some audibles. You give, know. Us, give us a few podcasts. To to. Um, I w- have, the latest one is um, How to Be a Productivity Ninja. Oh, I've heard about this one, oh. yeah. Uh, by, I've forgotten the guy's name, but brilliant. Okay, we'll search Very, that. Hmm? We'll search that. Yeah, yeah, search that. Very good. Really helps. Um, that doesn't put into play the, the five o'clock start with the meditation i heard that through somebody else and what i found there fascinating is if if you're up at five and you do the meditation and you do the stretching and then you've done the audible as well mm-hmm. by 6 30 6 45 you've done more than some people get done in in half of that day mm. right so that's my ultimate and i did that and i tried to do that and i'm trying to do that every day um and then by you know you've done the audible you've listened to this thing that's enhanced your brain told you how to make things better you've made notes on it action points you know what i mean and by seven o'clock i'm ready for the day yeah you know get to work do my emails bang 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 get to see my son say hello to the wife have breakfast blah 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 what do you have for breakfast uh uh porridge yeah or eggs you know, I try and switch it up as much as I can. Uh, mostly healthy stuff, but come the weekend, it gets debauchery. Out the window. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what got, weekends are about. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, you only live once, right? So yeah. you gotta, you got to enjoy it. You can't go strict completely. It's, uh, I've tried it all, you know, and I continue. But that's the ideal day. And then, you you know, you work through the day and then I try and get to the gym. You know, I had, a, again, this is a great thing about The Secret. I was injured so many things and oh mate it's endless the injuries i've got over the years trying to get fit and healthy and uh you know just keep telling myself look i'll get better i'll get better it'll work it work and then eventually i'm in a, i'm in a better place mm-hmm. so try and get to the gym do a couple hours there and then by four five o'clock i'm ready for you know dinner well just well you know you sort of start to wind down dinner's about six and then you just chill with the family till the evening what time do you go to sleep you try um, and go to sleep at the same time most days i do try and go it's usually 10 or 11 yeah, yeah. and up at five yeah and up at five how was it how do you find getting up at five honestly um for the people who are normal it's so i'd love to do what you just described but yeah. I, if i if i wake up at five yeah. five a.m ben is saying fuck that yeah, yeah 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 you need you need to the 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 body and the mind are easily programmable right yeah okay right and once they get into a system and they, you get past that, oh, I can't take it anymore. Let mm. me tell you, you start to wake up yourself. At five. Like I remember, again, going back to the secret, you know, I remember sitting there going, please let me wake up at five o'clock. I want to wake up at 5 a.m. And like that, you know, the next day or, or two days later, I'm up at five and my alarm hasn't gone off, you know, and it's crazy. And then that becomes four sometimes. Um, and it takes practice, you know, and not every day is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, you, days you're going to go out on the weekend and all things are going to mess up the system. But if you can get three, four days of that going and don't feel bad, then let me tell you, it's an amazing feeling. Amazing to, to stretch the mind, stretch the body, uh, take stuff in that uh, educates you all before seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had days like that, just not on a ha- habitual basis, I suppose. Yeah. And I yeah. have always felt, fucking hell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is good, you yeah. know. It is good. It's practice. Yeah. You, know? you can try and go to sleep at nine, but it doesn't work for me. You know, 
I, I need to get I, I need to get that ten o'clock. It's a sweet spot. Yeah, if I'm in bed at ten and I'm more or less dozing off, you know, those five, six hours are good enough for me. And then you can rest up, you know, don't forget uh, resting is is very important even with mental health you can't keep going through the day you know from seven o'clock in the morning till 6 p.m every day it's impossible you know and and i really think a lot of people uh, and uh, companies now employ those tactics where you can just go off and sleep for an hour or 50 minutes so resting during that day you should put that in the office here Little, there you go. A little booth. bed, little yeah. sleeping booth. Yeah. We actually little. we actually spoke about this today. We were we had a, a meeting for this um this business park, and they sure. have like rental offices and stuff inside. And we were driving back, and we were thinking, I wonder, I wonder, like our lease is nowhere near up here. But I wonder what we would put in, you know. And we both were like agreement, like we if we if we could have anything, we'd have the office, mm. um, maybe like a little wooden lodge or something, or a big wooden lodge with a mm. few studios in, and then we just have a spa. Yeah, like a gym, some yeah. spa sauna, absolutely something more holistic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. more for the people because, yeah. and I like you say, a lot of companies are turning that way, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, where they they're are, looking man. after their people yeah. in a more holistic and lifestyle approach. It would be awesome to get in the sauna at lunchtime, wouldn't it? Oh, can you imagine that? Oh, I'd love it at work. Do you oh. like saunas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a huge. I just learned the other day. I mean, I was doing saunas anyway. Yeah, and cold showers and cold. Oh, Josh would be a big fan of you then. Oh yeah, I'd love a cold. You know, the, the cold. Uh, yeah, he knows, right? He's <laughs> winking at me over there. He knows the deal, right? The cold shower thing principle, um, which is now only now getting famous, yeah, right? Wim Hof. Yeah, exactly, right? But I knew this from before. This is the strange thing. The body tells you things, right? I remember, you know, being uh, in the sauna when I was younger. And then if you jumped into the cold swimming pool, you'd feel like, whoa, amazing, amazing yeah. right? Okay, so then the cold works, you know, and you amplify that with a bit of a shower, maybe try that longer. Ice helps as well. And suddenly, hey, presto. And now they've got all these stats about how great it is for you and all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I do recommend the cold shower. When I think when we saw you last, you were about to go to the cry. Is it the cryogenic yeah, done that. chamber? How yeah, was it? That brilliant. I've done cryo quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a next level. <laughs> that's minus like a hundred and something, you know, for three minutes. It's what? brilliant. What's the best, I was going to say, what's the most out-of-body experience you've had? Would you say it's around kind of spa experiences? And like, you know, when you, I don't know, mm. when you're in a cryogenic chamber, how does that feel? What, like, is there a high that you get or something like that? It's fucking cold. Really? <laughs> I'll or, tell you that. Or even like floating, you know, the floating Yeah, tanks. the floating thing was, these are, yeah, that was another level, right? Yeah. Because at one point I was literally like, this is what it must be like in space, mm. you know. And don't forget, you're naked in this capsule, in all that, on your is it, own. Is it pitch black. No, no. They, you can leave the capsule open because yeah. some people get a bit digi. I close that, and there's this very little light that comes through, right? Mm. All the there's blue light from the water, very ambient, very chilled out, you know. And um, you're literally lying there, <laughs> you know, with your hands out like that. Like you could lie there like a star and you know you start making all these weird shapes you know as if you're in space you know it's like insane amount of salt in the it's water isn't it which gives you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. super buoyant and they tell you to just to lie there and be still right but the mind starts ticking over right and you there is a point where i probably slept or passed out but then i woke up and then i'm like you know okay 
what do I do now? You know? <laughs> yeah. And then I, I remember, still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shall I start doing this? What happens if I move my you know, body this way and that way? And, you know, you're just floating around and it was crazy. And then you, you start to realize, wow, if I did this every week as part of a therapy, I'd be on bloody planet La La Land. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? What, you know, that's just laying in a body of water yes but like when we went away to marbella yeah and we went and we we were doing meditation there Mm -hmm. and yoga every day and Mm. i remember we did meditation i think we both came out of it or a lot of people came out of this one meditation session where we were all like it was yoga wasn't it felt like we went to a different place yeah it was incredible what meditation can do for your mind yeah and for your body relax you to something else yeah yeah totally totally all of that meditation the floating tank the stretching you know these are all things that we've sort of forgotten along the way um, majority of them are free as well yeah you can do them in your bedroom <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? turn on youtube or whatever and, and get there and they all help in in mental health recovery yeah you know, which is what we're talking about i remember in that yoga session in Marbella, we well we had the yoga and then there's that 10 15 minutes after where you go into meditation i think because you did, just did yoga you're so relaxed and you feel good yeah so slipping into meditation is so much easier yeah, yeah. and i remember I remember I've had two experiences like this in meditation, but this one was crazy where I, it's almost like I went to this place where I, I made the universe in, mm. in my head. Mm. Like I could see the planets forming mm. and I remember just having this smile on my face and I, I was like, oh, don't smile because you're going to look like you're having a weird dream, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't stop. I couldn't, yeah. I, I physically couldn't stop myself from smiling. I felt that much joy. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, fuck, this is, this is what it's about. Yeah. This is what I understand now. Sure. You know, mm. I remember thinking this whole time, like, I wish I could feel like this forever. It was like ecstasy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was all in my head, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. You can meditate and go places and imagine things. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Mm. I think that's such a nice end of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice to have a chat on a more kind of holistic and, body mentality kind of feel yeah absolutely absolutely i think those are key things in you know it's not just about what the nhs can do and the doctors can do you know now we're in a place where we you know we know that cold showers help Mm -hmm. we know that saunas help we know that meditation helps we know spiritual awareness is is such a powerful thing uh and keeping the mind and the body pure and and giving it time you know, we're so uh, obsessed with the nine to five and getting things done, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be that obsessed with that, you know, five, 10 minutes in a day to break, to give your mind and body some relief. Come on, man. You've got to find that time, you know, make that time. Fuck. <laughs> so good. I don't know about you, mate, but I want to go <laughs> home and meditate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm inspired. Yeah. That's why I got Ash onto his daily routine. <laughs> so I need to replicate what Ash is doing. How yeah. can I do that? What are you eating? Every day? Eggs, perfect. I love eggs. <laughs> I'm, I'm vegan, but I love them. Dan's, yeah. Dan's going to have a bowl of porridge tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've porridge been up late. since five. Yeah. <laughs> I've stretched. Yeah. There it is. Thank you so much, Ash, for coming on. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>